Welcome to another episode of A Man's Voice, coming to you live from Hollywood, California, Dash Studios, right here on Hollywood Boulevard. We have a very intelligent panel of guests today. We're going to have a very poignant conversation about some very important topics. I'm going to start by letting my panel introduce themselves, starting down here on the left with my man, Mr. Todd Short. Todd, introduce yourself, please. I'm Todd Short from Pasadena, California, entrepreneur. Been here my whole life. All right, well, Todd, thank you, man. Appreciate you having, appreciate having you here. And to the left of me, I got my brother from another mother, Mr. Darius Glasgow, flew in from Atlanta, Georgia, to be here with us. Darius, tell them who you are. Uh, Darius Glasgow, uh, businessman, entrepreneur, uh, live in Atlanta, originally from uh, South Carolina, and I am a conservative Christian, and glad to be here, Mike. Thanks for inviting me, man. Good, good to have you here. And last and definitely not least, to the right of me, I got my man, Mr. Eddie Rubin, all the way from Detroit, whoop, Michigan. Whoop, whoop, what up, Eddie? Whoop, Tell whoop, about yourself. Eddie Rubin in the house. Hi, everybody. So glad you're listening. Can't wait to talk to you all from the big Detroit, Michigan. I am an entrepreneur. I am a thespian, and I am a renaissance man. All right, Mr. Thespian Renaissance Man. All right, guys, let's dive right into this. First, we're going to start off, since we are here in Los Angeles, California, the home of the Super Bowl this year, and the L.A. Rams are in the Super Bowl this Ooh. year. But unfortunately, that has been overshadowed by racism once again in the NFL. We all know about the coach who just filed a class action lawsuit, the black coach who said he was discriminated against because he was an African-American, said he was overlooked for that. And I want to throw that to the panel just to see what you guys think about that. As we all know, 70% of the players in the NFL are African-American, but there are only one coach who's African-American. And there's no black owners. 32 teams and not one of the owners is black. So I hear a lot of people compare it to modern-day slavery. I hear them compare it to a plantation. I want to go around the table and see what you guys think about that. I'm going to start with you, Darius. What do you think about that? Well, if it's a, a plantation and slavery, man, sign me up, dude. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to get some of that money. I, I hear that his net worth is around $5 million, uh, upwards of $5 million. Probably one of the youngest coaches in the history of the NFL to get a head coaching job. Uh, definitely kind of worked his way up the ranks. Now, the, the problem I have with this um, is the NFL presents more opportunities for African Americans to become millionaires than probably any other um, industry uh, outside of maybe outside of maybe, you know, uh, acting. So I, I don't see how that's a plantation. It's an opportunity that these athletes wouldn't otherwise have anywhere else in the world. So you got that. And then um, it seems as if he was actually getting the money that they say he was getting, um, or that he was going along with the uh, request of the owners, then why didn't you speak up then? Why do you wait till you get fired? <laughs> To, uh, to go ahead and say that. So that's how I feel about the situation. I don't ever like when people uh, uh, are involved in something and then once they get fired and they're outside, then all of a sudden they want to be whistleblowers. Just seems kind of disingenuous to me. Okay, I hear that point. But what do you think about this 32 owners, 32 NFL teams, and not one of the owners is African American? I mean, you don't feel a little racism, a little discrimination? No, not at all. Um, I think I think there's definitely there should definitely be more coaches, but I just believe on the coaching carousel. And you look at available coaching positions right now, and the people who are actually qualified, there aren't that many uh, blacks 
that are qualified to actually be head coaches right now, or they haven't been willing to pay the dues to work their way up. You know, a lot of these guys work, work a lot of these coaches have worked for free just in order to have an opportunity to coach one day or be a head coach or yeah. a coordinator one day. And they're on a whole, it's not like it's a large pool of black athletes, former athletes or black guys that are willing to make those sacrifices to work their way up. It's not just not a whole bunch of people that's, that's regardless of what the numbers look like, you have to look at the numbers of the people who are actually interested, the number of blacks that are actually coaching right now that are ready to move up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of uh, black coaches out there that would disagree with what you're saying. What do you think about that, Eddie Rubin? What's the well, it's a, it's a big, that's a big pie to slice there. Uh, we're, talking a, we're talking a big history. As far as ownership in the NFL, it's the good old white man. And that's been a good old white man since they came here from Europe in the, in the 1400s, even before. So you're talking about systematic ownership of land, systematic raping and pillaging of people, systematic, systematic taking over land and making their own, systematic taxing the people. Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm just getting a little passionate. So let, that we, if we start, I love, I love if, if we start, if we start there, then you start to realize why there's no black NFL owners. Now, on the other hand, that then you had, then you got it. You see, you're talking about modern day slavery, but you're talking about you're, but you're equating that to slavery. So you can, uh, the, in a way, um, it's not at all slavery. Being in the NFL, being given the opportunity of a lifetime to become a millionaire, to own property, to have credit, to do all the things, to buy the clothes, buy the shoes, buy the jackets, Absolutely. buy the cars, buy the planes, buy all the stuff you want to do, go to the great dinners. They didn't have that in slavery, okay? <laughs> They didn't have any of that slavery. Right. Or an opportunity to so, create generational wealth. Right? So, huh? Or an opportunity to create generational or wealth. Or an opportunity to create, create general wealth. Uh, yes, Gen generational wealth. But now we're here, okay? So you look at the history of the NFL. When did the NFL start? Uh, 1957, I would say. Okay, so let's say it's 1957. Well, we were, we were under big segregation still. You know, the people, the, it's so funny that the people who want to make the most money off the black people are the, are, are the people that segregated everybody in the beginning. So which is it? What is it now? So the, everybody, there's, there's still systematic racism, yes, but I think it's individual. It's taught, it's in families, it's in generations. Am I too loud? Oh, sorry. Okay, I won't be banging on the town. I won't be banging on the county anymore. But I'm getting so, I'm getting so excited that I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and so I think I like just it. Yes or no? Give me a yes or no, idiot. Do you see racism in the NFL? Yay or nay? Yay. Okay. Todd Shaw, what are your thoughts on that, baby? Well, the NFL has been here since 1920, in the 20s. George Hallis was a player owner of the Bears, or what are now called the Bears. But uh, one of the things that disturbs me is because everybody, uh, people say we don't have enough people who have participated as being coaches because you have to go through being a coach at a certain position, then you have to be a defensive coordinator, and then you after you become a defensive coordinator, then you become a head coach. But there are, are two guys that I know personally, uh, Skip Pete, who's the running back coach for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and his father was an assistant coach with the Kansas City Chiefs, and then we have a guy that's going to be coaching, who's the best receiver coach in the NFL, uh, Eric Yarber, who was with the Rams, 
He's been doing this for over 26 years. Now, he's gone to the NFL, back, and so to say that people aren't qualified, I, I don't know if that's something that we should be looking at. And again, people are comfortable with people that they've been around. A lot of the owners have not been around, quote unquote, African Americans. Now, they are owners of a football team, but people are comfortable with people that they, with your own set. That's why we have people who are re, uh, Republicans and hang out with a lot of Republicans and people who are Democrats hang out with Democrats. So if you feel comfortable, then you have to remember, this is a billion dollars. I mean, Brian Allen is trying to buy the team now and uh, he's got, you gotta have $4 billion to say we want a black person to own a team because there should be a black owner. Well, you have to have the money to, to order to make that payment. Yeah, I think in my personal opinion, you just hit the nail on the head. That just underscores the income inequality in this country. Yeah, you're right. There are not a lot of qualified African-Americans who, uh, who have that kind of money to afford a team. I mean, there's only a handful of billionaires that are black in this country, like Bob Johnson, Oprah Winfrey, Kanye, and maybe three more people. So I agree that there's not a lot of qualified people to be owners, but I disagree with there's not a lot of qualified black people to be coaches. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think like Eddie Rubin said, it's just the good old boys club, it's just systemic racism, and that has to change. And it's really sad to me that that's overshadowing the Super Bowl right now. Everyone's talking about the racism in 2022 in the NFL. It's just overshadowing all the positive moves that uh, we're making here in Los Angeles as far as diversifying our city and our NFL franchises. I think it's just sad right now. Hey Michael, yes, sir. why do you think that Brian Flores didn't say anything before he got fired? If this, was, if this was a real issue, legitimate issue that was going on, why do you think he waited until after he got fired to make make? Well, I think he needed a reason to file the lawsuit. I think when he got fired, that was a reason to file the class action lawsuit. What's that have to do with the Redskins and what the Dolphins asked him to do before that, the year prior to last year? So what do you think? When you think he's just doing it, you think it's just for publicity? Yeah. Why do you think he's scolded. He's scolded. He's uh, bitter uh, because he didn't feel like he should have gotten fired, which I agree. I don't think he should have gotten fired either. I thought he was doing a. Awesome there's a whole job. lot. There's a whole lot going on in the background. There's, there's a whole lot going on in the organization. What led to his being fired, or what led to him leaving the team, and what led to him doing this whole lawsuit. You know, it's going to be now, now for sure. For sure, maybe maybe he's not even going to get hired because now everybody's going to be free. Be afraid that he's going to file a lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody's going to touch him. Do you guys think that he hurt his chances of ever working in the NFL? Is he like the new Colin Kaepernick? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Could be. Well, well, Absolutely. Colin Kaepernick. That's a whole different oh, yeah, story to me. That's a whole well, different that's story. Somebody who stood up against racial inequality and he got basically banned from the NFL. Is this guy going to be banned from the NFL as well because he stood up against racial inequality? Possibly. Possibly, and, 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 and it's not his choice. It's the good old boys. And if you notice, they hired the black coach down in Houston, if I'm not mistaken. You Lovey think that Smith. was a knee-jerk reaction? No. No. No, Lovey, no he probably he, had it coming. Yeah, he, 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 Lovey he had, a, went he to had the Super an opportunity Bowl. before. Yeah, he already had it. He went to the Super Bowl so with the Bears. A, he's a proven good head coach. So oh, I, I just want to point out, do you yes. know that there are two minority owners? Matter of fact, it's four minority owners, if I'm not mistaken, of the Miami Dolphins. The, the two tennis players women, uh, Serena and Venus, mm -hmm. they're part owners of the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I forgot the uh, uh, 
Cuban lady. I forgot her name. Uh, Miami Salmon? No, not Miami Salmon. Gloria Esteban. Esteban and her husband are owners as well. That, that I didn't know. That's the yeah. information. So yeah, to, to say that there's this racism with him, right. I, I don't know if that's a Dude, you lost. I think, you <laughs> lost. I think they should, I think they should come up with a new <laughs> search engine, something where you can search things on the internet that you can find out facts. <laughs> and maybe call it Shugle. Shugle. Yeah. <laughs> I got some facts. Michael, are, are we going to go into the Colin Kaepernick thing or no? Yeah, yeah, let's go. I just have one question, real question. Okay. Question, real quick. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about Tom Brady's run on Tom Brady finally threw in a towel. He decided to retire. Maybe. He is one of the greats. They say he's one of the greats. Um, Brett Favre is my all-time favorite quarterback. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean on one of the, he is one of the greats. <laughs> Who? Not, there's Who's no, there's one of the greats? Tom, Tom Brady, Brady, without Tom a doubt. No, 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 the. Okay. Well, we can go back <laughs> and forth about that. Okay, Michael Jordan's the best basketball player of all time. Okay, we can disagree with that again. Tom Brady's yeah. the Michael we, Jordan. But again, we can disagree with okay, that. So my question, Bill Russell. My, question. My question to the, the panel is, why did Tom Brady diss his former team and his former coach in his goodbye speech? He didn't say one word about uh, his former coach. New England? He given, yeah, he didn't say anything in his departure speech. He didn't say anything. He did not thank his um, former coach. Why is that? So, uh, because a lot of people who play for New England, I heard, uh, they didn't enjoy their experience there. They won. They won. And winning is a big thing. But they didn't enjoy playing for New England. They, a lot of the players that I've heard don't enjoy playing. They like winning. But it's it's a it's strictly business. You take the fun out of the game. It's no longer a game. It's a business. What do you think, uh, Darius? About Tom Brady not mentioning him? Yeah. Why did he try to slight his guys like that? Um, you know, I think it's. I know everything is a, is debatable, but I think it's not debatable that he's the best to ever do it, Tom Brady. I mean, it's hands down. He's the best to ever do it. Um, what is I would say that he felt like New England, after all that he gave them, and all of the hometown discounts he gave them, even with all the MVPs and all the Super Bowls, Tom Brady was never the highest paid player in the NFL. And he took those hometown discounts because he was loyal to the New England Patriots. But when they thought that he was washed up or he was going, they didn't take that same chance and show that same loyalty toward him. And that's why he left and went to Tampa Bay. And I think that's why he didn't acknowledge that. Like, hey, screw you guys. You, you didn't see my worth. You didn't see my value. I had another Super Bowl in me, and you guys let me go. What do you think, Andy Rubin? Like, why did Tom Brady diss his former team and his former coach like that? After 17 years, I think he was with them. Why did he go out like that with him? Robert, what's his name, the owner? Robert Kraft. Yeah, I think Robert Kraft got into a little crafty business, if you know what I'm talking about. And I think he <laughs> wanted to distance himself from the situation, didn't need to go back there. I think his Super Bowl spoke enough, I, but he does give, I mean, he sees Robert and he gives him hugs, gives him kisses on the cheek. Oh my God, how's everything wonderful? So I have no idea, maybe there's a riff, maybe there's something going on, but he owes nobody anything. He worked his motherfucking ass off, <laughs> okay? He threw that football. He got hit by the lineman. He got messed up. He threw touchdowns. He practiced all his, all his life. So if he didn't want to, you know, they, they should be giving the shout out to him. <laughs> well, the greatest coach in football always makes the decisions. He is the greatest NFL coach now. Belichick. Belichick, Belichick is the greatest right. coach. <laughs> and, you, and you always let a player go before he's at his end. 
You, I mean, he did it to Willie McGinnis. When Willie McGinnis was going downhill, he was like, okay, well, let's see what we can get because right. we want to continue. So he let McGinnis go to Cleveland. He, he's done that with a lot of players. So it wasn't just the Tom, hey, Tom Brady's not as good as he used to be. Gronk is not here. That was another thing. So it's, it, let's, let's do something now so we can get to the next level. And again, they went to the playoffs without Tom Brady. That's a good point. Well, let's jump, jump into the Colin Kaepernick issue. Um, as we all know, Colin Kaepernick stood up against the equal, equal, unequal criminal justice system in America. And a lot of people don't know this, in my personal opinion. What set Colin Kaepernick off was the Tamir Rice case. When the Tamir Rice case hit the fan, and for those of you who don't know, that was a 12-year-old boy who in Cleveland, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken, it was shot by a police officer. He was outside playing with a toy gun, and the police rolled up and shot and killed this 12-year-old little boy. And uh, no um, charges were held, brought up against the police officer. And in my opinion, that's what set Colin Kaepernick off. Because right when they announced no charges, it's right when he started taking the knee. I think that was like the straw that broke the camel's back in regards to racism for Colin Kaepernick. And I agree with him. But as we all know, ever since he stood up, he's become a martyr in our community, but he's lost his job. The NFL turned their back on him. He's no longer um, in the NFL anymore. So I want to throw this to the panel and see what you guys think about that. Start with you, Darius. Should Colin Kaepernick still be in the league playing right now or no? Hell no. Colin Kaepernick is a fraud. He's the biggest fraud in the black community since, uh, I don't know, probably Jesse Jackson doing the shakedowns of Pepsi. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> when he lost his job, the 40, starting job at the 49ers, he lost his job to a guy who wasn't even in the league two years after, after he took his job. So let's get that straight. He wasn't a starter, all-pro quarterback. The dude got benched. So let's, let's stop with all of this superhero type stuff. I thought Colin stuff. Kaepernick was Mexican. <laughs> All right, so he might have yeah, a, he, he's no, black and white. He's black. He's black, he's black, black and white. <laughs> so anyway, after after that, the 49ers, his his contract ran out. The 49ers agreed to extend him, uh, give him another contract, but he didn't get the contract that he wanted. He thought he deserved starting salary, and they're like, "You're not a starter, so we're not going to pay you that." Then the New York Jets offered him an opportunity. He was like, "I'll I'll come, but I want to be a starter." They're like, "You can come and work out." But we're not guaranteeing you start. The same thing with the Miami Dolphins. He had an opportunity to go there and work out. He didn't do it. Colin Kaepernick, if he would have gotten the money that he wanted and guaranteed starter to be a guaranteed starter, he would still be playing in the NFL right now. Y'all stop it. <laughs> stop saying this man is a martyr and he took, he got banned. No, he didn't. He got cut and he didn't get the money he wanted and that's why he's not in the NFL. That's bull crap, man. Let's stop lifting this man up like he's somebody like Martin Luther King. He's okay, let me just say for disclosure, Darius, I disagree with everything you just said. I figured you would, brother. <laughs> but I want to hear what you got to say about that time. Where are you on Colin Kaepernick? Is he a martyr? Should he be in the league? He took himself out of the league because he had an opportunity and for another tryout with multiple teams because the NFL didn't want the distraction. That's all. That's he was considered a distraction. He wasn't good enough for the 49ers, but there were other teams that yes, he could have had an opportunity to start. Other teams he could have had an opportunity to try out, but he thought he should have been getting a certain amount of money. And then after a year or two afterwards, he was given opportunity. 
but just the, 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 the sign that you were saying, I'm not really serious about getting back in the league is, oh, I'm not going to this tryout at this place. And I know it's, it's, it's something that disturbs me because I understand what he was trying to do. And I do believe that we do need to be aware that black people are getting killed unnecessarily, the little boy. But you can't go to a trial with pigs on your, on your socks. <laughs> why, not? Why, why can't he go to a trial with pigs on his socks? Why not? The NFL what is, what are you the trying politics. to do? What are you trying to do? You're trying to get into the NFL. Right. NFL has a dress code. They have a dress code. On the, uh, when you're on the playing field, there's a dress code. So everybody's like, well, what does that have to do with him playing? You're the quarterback of the team. You are the face of a billion dollar in industry. There's a certain level that you need to be at. And that's why, hey, I don't want this distraction. It became, yes, Colin Kaepernick, I believe what you're doing is right, but I need somebody that's going to help me win football games. Mm. And that's the other thing about the Miami Dolphins. Homeboy didn't win. If you win, we're not having this argument. But Eddie Rubin, what are your thoughts on this? Wow, this is a big one, and I'm going to go deep, okay? <laughs> okay. So Colin Kaepernick should have not in my opinion, taking the knee at all on the field. That's left for outside the stadium. That's left for, that's left for the media on the sidewalk. That's left for the, the programs you want to get on outside of the stadium. That's where you should be doing your protesting. Yep. Not where, when people work, people who aren't, let, let's, let's, we're going to go for the people that aren't racist and, and have open minds and clean hearts and they love all people. Those people who want to sit down and watch football on the weekend, who just want to watch football on the TV that they bought, in the home <laughs> that they paid for, go to the refrigerator that, that's on because the electricity bill was paid, and get the food out that they put on their table. Now this guy's got, now we got to talk about a, a knee about, about racial injustice, which there is injustice, but all of them are injustices. And that's another topic, okay? When you're a criminal, or if you've done something wrong, or if you didn't do, or you didn't comply, all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of stuff that is ha that's happening in these situations that not everybody doesn't know about, and they're jumping to a uh, to a, a racial um, killing right away. When a lot of times the cops are in, uh, uh, cops are in fear for their life. But I'm talk as far as uh, Colin Kaepernick goes, he shouldn't have taken the knee. Even though he's not in the league, he got a massive endorsement deal from Nike, oh, yeah. millions of dollars. Super rich. So he should be thanking <laughs> the NFL because no, he like, doesn't have well, to. Well, I, I, I gotta go. I got to step in here because it's not about the Nike. We were talking about him playing in the NFL. Everybody keeps going back to that. But he didn't do what he needed to do to perform in the NFL. Yes, but if I he got, didn't take the knee, if, if he I'm didn't, giving you a tryout, if, if I'm giving you a tryout, I'm giving you another opportunity, and then you're like, well, I don't want to be at this place at that time or whatever. Dude, you don't want to play. Right. Don't blame the NFL. That's not an NFL thing. That's not racist. That's, that, that's not racist. Hey, yes. man, we want you back. We're going to give you an opportunity to come back he, in the league because it's all about winning. If he didn't do the knee, no. he could have played for any – he could have been picked up from another team, gotten another multi-million dollar contract, enjoyed his life. But for, some, uh, for his own reasons, for his own reasons, he carried the torch. Eddie, that was offered to him after he took the knee, and another opportunity was extended to him. Uh -huh. So that's not why he's not in the league. Go ahead. Yeah. The bottom line – I'm sorry, Michael, but teams want to win, man. The NFL, NBA, whatever, their bottom line is winning. 
And if they've got a guy who they feel can take them to the Super Bowl, they don't give a damn oh, about no, that. Now, wait a minute. No, wait I'm a sorry. Minute. No, I just, no, I, no, no, and no. I said the same thing for Brian Flores. It's the same thing. They want to win. If you've got a winner, you will overlook a whole lot of stuff if this person can get you that trophy. Yes and no, though. Because I, I, this is where I got to waffle on that. Because one of the greatest running backs ever that they wouldn't give the ball to was Dwayne Thomas. Dwayne Thomas played for the Dallas Cowboys. He should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. Uh, they didn't want to pay him. And Dwayne Thomas, if you watch, he, was, he thought they didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to pay any of the Cowboys. So, but Dwayne, he knew all the plays, did everything he was supposed to do. But then, hey, man, you don't show up. You know, you act crazy to the coaches. They, hey, we, we, we can win without you. And they did. They got rid of him, sent him to Washington and, or wherever, what other team they sent him, and they sent him back because they didn't want him. So <laughs> he ended up playing. They won a Super Bowl. Yeah, well, uh, I hear that point. But listen, just to bring it back to Colin Kaepernick, I want to push back a little bit on, on – I want to just want to push back a little bit on what you were saying about he should not have took the knee, Eddie Rubin. I totally disagree with that. Because as a black man in America, anytime there's an issue and the black community decide we want to protest, we have other communities telling us, oh, now's not the time. You know how many times they told Martin Luther King, oh, now's not the time. So when I hear them say to Colin Kaepernick, oh, on the field, that's not the time. I totally disagree with that. So when is the time for us to protest inequality, police um, killing unarmed black men, um, us living in the ghettos with no money, no food, no resources? When is there a time for us to protest? That's my question. So well, okay, so, 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 okay, yeah, we disagree. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. I mean, I don't think it was the time. I don't think, I don't think if you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a sport that you grew up loving and, and aspiring and striving and, and practicing and doing all the things it took to get on that NFL team, that you have the opportunity. And really, what people are looking for in this life is to work less and make more. Have time at home. I'm sorry. Have time at home. Uh, be with the family and make money because money is what makes this country move. If you don't have money, you have nothing. Colin Kaepernick was able to make millions of dollars. He, had he didn't pay the rent in that building. That's not his building. He didn't pay, he's, not paying the he's not paying the sponsors. He's not, he's not uh, doing the rights for the television. He doesn't have any, he has no there's no risk on it other than his physicality. There's no risk to him. So all the so he's he's kneeling on everybody else's risk. I'm separating the issues, meaning the meaning the violence, uh, meaning the killing of unarmed black men, meaning the systematic racism. Separate those for a second, okay? He had a job to do to play football for a, for a team and a company and ownership that had the money to put up to make that dream come true. So him, him putting the knee, he could have put the knee. I'm just saying, he chose to put the knee. Mm -hmm. Okay, once he did. But don't you agree no, him, ta him taking the knee shined a light on a very important issue in, a in our community? It shined a light, but it accelerated and it didn't stop and people are still doing it. And uh, uh, well, let's look at the statistics. And then everything else happened. And then George Floyd happened. And then uh, and then all that came out. And then riots everywhere. Billions of dollars of damage all over the cities. People dead from rioters. Uh, uh, mixed 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 messages with BLM. Uh, uh, BLM uh, splurging spending BLM money on homes in different places like that. There's so much 
corruption going on. Everybody wants to get their money in the end. So what I'm saying is he took the knee and he took the knee of his life. And if that got him out of the NFL, and if it was the right or wrong place, it, it, it didn't matter because he did it. So he made it the right place for him. But making it the right place for him got him, got him out, out of the football league, but it got him into other things that maybe he wanted to be in. Maybe he wanted to take off the league. Maybe he didn't want the physical, uh, the, the physical strain on his body anymore. And this is his cause. He went full Afro. He went full Afro, so he really committed. He really committed. And that is one of the biggest Afros I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna wrap this up with my colleague. Let me just end it by saying, I kind of disagree for the first time with the entire panel here because <laughs> I support Colin Kaepernick. I'm proud of what he did. I'm so thankful for him. We need more Colin Kaepernicks. And let me just say this, who I'm very upset about. I'm upset about the previous generation of athletes because if you guys remember the 1992 Rodney King beatings, I remember it very well. At that time, it's the same time we had, if you guys remember, the first Dream Team. That's when Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, they all came together to go to Seoul, I think it was, Korea for the Olympics, is the Dream Team. Now, back then, I was so upset at Magic Johnson and those guys, because I was like, how are you guys going to get on the world stage and win a gold medal for America when America's allowing people like Rodney King to get beat in the middle of the streets? Michael Jordan and Magic and those guys did not stand up for that back then in 1992. So shame on those guys, because I think if they stood up in 1992, Colin Kaepernick would not have had to take a knee in 2015. So shame on the uh, athletes that came before Colin Kaepernick, and big shout out to Colin Kaepernick. So moving forward, I want to talk about what's going on right now with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is always a hot topic of what's going on. Former President Donald Trump refuses to admit that he lost the election fair and square. Oh. Okay, and he's rounding up. People don't see, I see a coup coming meaning he's putting all his minions in place so when the next election comes around, he's gonna steal it. If he loses fair and square, he's gonna say he won it and he's gonna fight to the end and I think we're in the midst of a civil war. Now, with that said, I'm gonna throw it to my panel and starting with you, Darius, on this one, because I know you're a Trump supporter. Why, would Don, why does the former president, Donald Trump, why does he refuse to admit that he lost the election fair and square? Wow, that's a good question, Michael. I don't, I mean, there's so many different anomalies that happened in this election. Um, so I think he has more than enough reason for doubt on how the returns came in. So you have the first time ever that there was ever an election decided by mail-in ballots. First time ever. Normally, the mail-in ballots, once they, they're counted, the election's already won for the most part. They already know who the winner's gonna be. The, the absentee ballots that came in normally do not determine the election, okay? When I went to sleep at 12, 1 that night, Donald Trump was leading. 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, Joe Biden takes the lead, right? And then when they, when they contest it, uh, they get resistance from the poll monitors, from the poll watchers, and they get escorted out when they're supposed to be bipartisan polls. And then when they question the elections, um, the election laws in certain states, especially swing states, uh, the judges refused to even hear their cases concerning on how they voted this time. And they made all of these changes because of COVID. And everybody knows, and if I ask you, Michael, and be honest with me, do you think if there wasn't mail-in balloting and there wasn't a COVID plague that was going, virus that was going on at the time, would Joe Biden have won that election? Yes, he would, okay. absolutely. 
Well, they said they say a good lawyer never asks a question he don't know the answer to in advance. So, mm. <laughs> so what do you think about this? Why won't Donald Trump concede the election? Why is he still saying he won the election? Because he thinks that he is Jesus. Because <laughs> he can say and do whatever the hell he thinks he wants to. Is that white privilege? Yes. Without a doubt. And, and I'm glad you said that, because here's the other thing that's white privilege. He doesn't abide by any law except something that's in his brain. Wow. He tore up documents. He's torn up all kinds of documents. He's torn up so many documents, they have a whole room in Mar-a-Lago where they're taping stuff up. Now, putting it back together so they can read it. Yes, and those are documents that were supposed to go to the National Archive, just FYI. So, yeah, he is. Wait, but why do you shred documents? Because, ooh, I don't want anybody to get this information. Yes. That's why you shred a document. But Hillary Clinton is still saying she didn't lose. Yeah, she why do you know? What about? Why what do you guys all that? He lost. She yes. lost, too. She but, lost, but, too. But we're not asking about her, though. Why, why we're, we're not? Why we because about it's Hillary? not irrelevant anymore. Oh, he wow. won. She conceded. He won. And the other thing, <laughs> seven million votes. Yes. Seven million. Seven million. Not, seven. Not, not 183,000, Nixon. Right. And seven million. Seven million. Yeah. yeah. Now, we do have COVID. We do have all this. Man, that, that motherfucker lost. He lost. And he needs to get out. Wait a minute. I'm and not he saying needs, he... And, he needs, and we need to shut him down <laughs> for lying to the American people and... Five people were killed. Yes. I'm not saying Five. he won. I'm saying he asked me why. Right. Why is he not? Why is he saying that he his, the election was questionable? Fair, so I'm answering enough. that. Okay. I'm not saying Donald Trump won. I'm saying we're not having this same outrage when Hillary Clinton to this day, even though she conceded, she did an interview not long ago, still saying she won the election. It was stolen from her. Stacey Abrams, who's held up as a hero, is still saying she won the governor election in Georgia four years ago. She lost by 50,000 votes okay. in the second one. Hey, when, when, when you guys do that, that Come on, guys, don't do that. Is when we point out no, it's a what about? What about? But why, 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 why do people who. Well, we should have the discussion. If you're going to have the discussion on one end, you should have it across the board. Okay, okay Stacey Abrams lost too. Yeah, so, Stacey Abrams, okay. let's Thank say you. this. Let's be clear on this. The people who support Stacey Abrams and who supported Hillary Clinton, they didn't raid the Capitol, okay? They didn't try to commit an insurrection. Eddie Rubin, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, what are your thoughts, man. man. <laughs> Love Trump. Love Trump. I voted Trump twice. I'll vote him again. I think he's one of the best presidents in the, his presidents in the history of this country. His election was stolen. I believe he won the election. I believe Joe Biden is a piece of shit. Can I say shit? <laughs> yes, you can. Okay, yes. he's a piece of shit, losing, lying, no good, uh, bullshit artist who's got who done nothing but in his whole freaking life but take our tax money and pa and put his pockets and do pol and, and put policies against the black advancement okay so he's a ra he's a racist piece of shit uh, the, the the election was called it's called the smear campaign Nancy Pelosi is on record calling saying calling it the smear campaign and being in cahoots with all all mainstream media. So what media did was they shut down Trump, they did everything negative against him and everything positive against Slow Joe, Basement Joe, Loser Joe, Can't Talk Joe, has no fucking guts, no glory, no fucking balls. So he's no balls Joe Biden. 
And I want to make sure that people understand that, that uh, Joe Biden is doing, people say he's not doing a good job. There's 470,000 people that now have jobs that didn't have jobs before. Well, he's counting the people who got laid off and brought back. Like, that's not creating any new jobs. At the time. They, they weren't working. Well, they weren't because of a lot of Democratic policies. But anyway, okay. um, so, so, Michael, we got to talk about Joe Biden's statements, if you want to say that, oh, just some racist stuff he did years ago. And, and we talked about this before. You keep saying that Donald Trump is a bigger racist than Joe Biden. It's not even close who's the racist. It's Joe Biden. You can't, you can't pin any of, the, you can't, any of the phrases that Joe Biden has said to Donald Trump. I mean, think about when Barack Obama was running for president. His own, he was running his own vice president. He said, this is the first time, the first time in history that you haven't clean, articulate, intelligent black man running for president. And he was like, wow, it's a storybook. No, it's not a storybook, man. It's clean, articulate black people every day. It's not a, come on, Joe Biden. But, but who he's, ran he's for also, president? That was, also, wait, who ran I'm, for president? So you, you made the comment, ran for president. Right. So who was the articulate black person that ran for yeah, president? Yeah, there really hasn't been to that Obama, point. But no, no, no. But you said there hasn't. He said that there hadn't been Obama. Right. Who, who before that was clean, articulate, that ran well, for president that was had, black? Uh, you had Jesse Jackson that ran. You had Jesse Jackson not clean and articulate. Wow. articulate. Wow. He's not clean. He's not clean and articulate. Wow. No, you guys, I, so you guys aren't offended. That he said this about Barack Obama. Okay, I'm very so, so Ben Car said. Ben Carson is not clean and articulate, huh? No, Ben Carson is a wow, nut. He's a nut. Wow, wow. Okay, so anyway, um, so Joe he Biden even said, said stuff so, that was nutty. So if, he if said Donald he Trump, somebody, if he Donald said he Trump, somebody, if Donald Trump said when he was a kid, when Don, if Donald Trump said the things, half of the things that Joe Biden said, especially about not being black if you don't vote for him, especially yeah, I had a about being yeah, clean, yeah, especially okay. about, I agree especially about he even talked about Indians. He said, you can't go into a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have an Indian accent. That's what he said. He talked about them. He, anybody that's non-white, <laughs> Joe Biden has said. <laughs> and, 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 and Joe Biden said, if you look at commercials it. now, you see mixed couples all the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, come on, this guy is a flat out racist. He bragged about working with segregationists. He bragged about not wanting to integrate schools. Even Kamala Harris, his own vice president, called him out in the debates and said he was racist. Okay, but but now all of a sudden he's not racist because he's your president and he's got a D by his no, name. I, the reason I say he's not racist now, and everything you said, I give credence to. I, you have a good point on everything you said in regards to Joe Biden and his racist past. But at least he's trying to make amends for that. How? He has a black, he nominated the first black woman to be his vice president. He's going to send a black woman to the Supreme Court. He's for voting rights. The Republicans and Donald Trump's not for voting rights. He's for the crime bill. He's for the George Floyd uh, Policing Act. He's for policies and bills and legislations that will help the black community. Donald Trump and the Republicans are for none of that. Wow. So when we have to, I hate to say it, but yeah, they're both a bunch of racists. I agree with that a thousand percent. But it's like the less of two evils. At least the, Repu the Democrats and Joe Biden are trying to make amends and try to do better for the black people. So community. Donald Trump didn't allocate money to help out, to bail out the HBCUs. Donald Trump didn't create a, a, the platinum plan to help black people start businesses. Donald Trump didn't create, uh, change the, the Justice Act to get black people who That's were the only out good of, thing listen, he did. I'm, I'm naming them. I'm naming more than that. Donald Trump wasn't for getting these kids who are in troubled schools like Baltimore and Chicago where they can't even meet their grade standard for being proficient in math and science. He didn't try to get them um, into charter schools or try to get them school choice. Donald Trump did 
not give, create the uh, economic empowerment zone to help black people in, uh, in um, economic distressed areas. So come on, man, don't tell me that Donald Trump is a racist. Anybody who does all these things is reaching out to black people. And like I said before, if he's a racist, the KKK would come and take his card from him because he would be the worst racist ever. Tyler, so, but I just want to point out, point out he still has the card. Yes, he still he has, still has no, the he card. Does? How? How? Who does all of that and is still a racist? You guys aren't making any sense right now. You're going with a narrative, but you have nothing. I can make more of an argument that Joe Biden is a racist than I can Donald Trump any day. His son-in-law's son father was in jail, and what? that's why we're he talking implemented. About, we're talking about but that's Donald why Trump. he in, Donald yeah. Trump. That's why he implemented the rule. Yeah, the it, first step back. Yeah, that's why he did the first Come step on, back. Man. He didn't do okay. the first step back because he wanted to help black people. He wanted to help his white. So what about all the black people that he pardoned? Then? And he did. It's what not, was that about? Then? It was about a payola. All those black people he pardoned, they paid him for that. You think what? he just let Lil Alice Wayne? Johnson got you paid? You really think he just pardoned Lil Wayne because he liked Lil so Wayne? So you think Alice Johnson? She was in jail thirty some years. Where would she get money from to pay Donald Trump? He pardoned Alice. Walk. Yes, he pardoned Alice. He pardoned Harry O. What did Harry O get Harry money? Harry O. Snoop Dogg paid $2 million to have Harry O. pardoned, okay? That was all payola there. So, okay, Kodak Black, Lil Wayne, um, uh, Harry O, they all were pardoned. Shout out to Trump for pardoning and letting those brothers free, but he didn't do it for free, okay? But Michael, well, he, 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 he listened to Lil Wayne. But Michael, Wayne, if you're a racist, he, he, if you're a racist, you don't Wayne. do stuff like that. I don't care if you got $2 million. I'm a freaking billionaire. I'm not, what's your $2 million well, no, gonna do for me? No, and, you're not. And hold on, Donald mm. Trump is. He's, yeah, well, whatever you no, want. No, you're not. Okay. Yeah, let's be clear. Well, you guys, can, you guys can argue that or not. It doesn't matter. He's got a lot of He's money. Wealthy. He's so a wealthy man. $2 million is not gonna make him take a bribe and break the law because he wants to help out a black person. You got, it doesn't make sense. You're saying he's done all he's these things Trump. for black Nothing people. Nothing he does makes sense. Well, nothing, nothing he does. Nothing. You guys aren't making sense by calling this man a racist after after I laid out everything. I just don't get it. But okay, if you want to believe it, I mean. Okay, do you think, okay. Damn, well, damn, 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 all I know is, uh -huh. has the man been impeached how many times? Twice. The twice. Only president in history to be impeached twice. Yeah, and it's twice impeached president. And, and he's going to go, well, he might not and go to jail. Trump. You, okay, obviously Mike Pence is not going to be on the ticket with him because mm -hmm. him and Mike Pence are beefing right now. So when Trump runs again, and I know he's going to run again, Who's going to be his vice president this time? You think he'll pick a person of color? That's a good question. That's yeah. a very good question. Yeah, the He'd dude be in Florida. So you think he'll pick a person? The dude in Florida. Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is going to run against. Yeah, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be allies. Like, they'll they'll be run against each other, but then and after the primary, Trump, after the primary, no, I think, I don't think so because Donald Trump holds grudges, and I think in the primary, DeSantis is going to punch on Donald Trump so hard. Donald Trump. Donald Trump holds grudges. That's what he's very petty and he holds grudges. I don't think he'll punch on Donald Trump that much because there's too many people who want to see Trump back. Yeah, okay. Well, let's move on. I want to talk about another topic that's very important that's going on right now, and that's there's a war breaking out right now in Russia. Okay, for those of you who don't follow this very closely, Russia's getting ready to invade another country called Ukraine. They've got 100,000 plus troops on the border of this country called Ukraine, and they're going to send the troops in and invade that country and take over that country. That would be like Mexico having troops all up and down California, Texas border, threatening to come into America. We would never allow that. Now, Russia, like I said, is getting ready to invade another country, and it'll be the first invasion of a country since World War II. That's the last time this has happened. So there's a chance we could be heading into a world war. So I want to throw this to the panel and see what the panel has to say about that. Um, Todd, I'll start with you. Do you think Vladimir Putin, who is the president of Russia, do you think he's going to invade Ukraine? 
Well, Michael, the statement you made since World War II is not true. We, there's a war in Kuwait. There was an invasion there. So I just want to point that out. Okay. Point taken. And then uh, um, Yugoslavia, there was an, an invasion there. And then uh, Iraq and Iran, so there was a invasion. Well, let, me, let me just say, well, on, on a, on a so, so, But I understand scale. what you're saying. Yeah, but but on, the, on, yeah, a, on this large. scale, but um, initially, I thought there was going to be an invasion because of the troops. But now, I don't think so. I think that he wants, because you have to remember, if you invade something, you have to take on that country and all their problems. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Putin wants to do that. What he doesn't want is he doesn't want that country to be part of the UN. So I don't think he's going to invade. And initially, I thought he was going to. But then, it, with people in war, you have to take on those people. Mm -hmm. And Russia's not set up to do that. So what he wants them to do is to not be in the UN. I don't think they'll be in the UN, and I think they'll back off. What do you think, Darius? Is Putin going to invade Ukraine? No, he's pulling a Kim Jong-un. You know, every time the, the world would forget about Kim Jong, he would fire off a missile or a rocket or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to, to gain the attention of the world. And I think what Putin is doing is he's trying to uh, just show his strength. Uh, he's trying to test the resolve of Joe Biden, uh, after, especially after he saw what he did in Afghanistan. Um, but I don't think that his, uh, his primary agenda is to take over. Uh, I don't think he wants that type, of, uh, that type of conflict right now, especially with the Russian economy being as weak as it is. So you think he's got all those troops? Both of you guys think he's got all those troops at the border just to bluff? He's just bluffing, basically? Yeah, his bluff is so that they... Uh, so they don't join the UN. They that, don't that's join his, the that's UN. That's what he wants. He wants them to not join the UN. That's correct. I think he wants the old Soviet Union back. He does. Okay, he does. Ukraine was once a part of the Soviet Union. Right. And Vladimir Putin has said that's one of the worst mistakes ever made in, in history is when they broke up the Soviet Union. So I think he's just trying to rebuild the Soviet Union. I think this is the first step. I think he's going to invade Ukraine. But I really do. I think it's a matter of that. I think he's going to wait till the Olympics. The Winter Olympics are over, and I think he's going to invade Ukraine as soon as the Winter Olympics are over because he doesn't want to upset China. The Olympics, the Winter Olympics are being held in China right now, right. so he doesn't want to take the light off of China because China is his ally. They're doing joint military exercises together, Russia and China. So Russia and China are allies together. And to me, I wasn't around in 1941. But it seems like to me in 1941 when Japan and Germany were aligning themselves up to invade mm -hmm. other countries. Right, right. So that's how I feel like now, like China and Russia are aligning themselves to try to have world domination. Well, they're definitely aligning. But let me give Joe Biden some credit here because mm -hmm. this is one of the one things that he's done that I think is a good thing, and he did something right. Um, the Nord Stream Pipeline. Mm -hmm. Russia needs that to happen. I mean, they need that bad. And Joe Biden has said that if they invade, that there will be no Nord Stream pipeline, which is going to be a major supplier to, to Europe. And so um, I think that's a deterrent right there. Like He has to have that. Um, like I said, they're not economically strong right now, and that pipeline would help them out uh, majorly. So they, they, got, they have to have that to happen. Okay. Well, that's a very important topic. I think everybody listening needs to watch that space very closely because it's a lot of people aren't talking about it like they should, but it's very serious. That, it is. Yeah, that's a very serious situation. It can affect everybody. So let's watch that space uh, very closely. Well, I want to move on right now and talk about um, crime in America right now. Crime is through the roof in all the major cities right now. And I hate to say it, that it's going to reflect horribly on the Democrats. It's going to reflect horribly on Joe Biden right now. Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Houston, 
you name it. All the major cities, Chicago, the killings are just through the roof right now. And I hate to say it, but a lot of the killings are from are happening in my community, the African American community. Okay, it's a lot of black, young black men who are out here in these streets who don't have no money, no jobs, no resources, but yet they have a gun. And they're using that gun in the wrong way. So I want to throw it to the panel to see if you guys were in charge right now, what would you do to try to crack down on crime? I don't think the answer is lock them up, lock them up, lock them up. The Republicans always say that's the answer. Build more jails, get more police officers on the street. I don't think that's the answer. So I'm going to throw it to the panel real quick. I'm going to go with you first, Todd. What's going on with this crime wave, and how do we stop it? I think we should have more vocational schools. We need to have people who can build things. And this Build Back Better thing, we should be doing this. I mean, we're right here on Hollywood Boulevard, and it's, to me, it's, it's, it's all messed up. We should have a facade improvement program. We should be building these. we got an empty building across the street, and we need to have people housed in those buildings. Now, how do we do that? We, we put people in a program, a drug program, mental health programs. We got to do this in order to help people because there are people who just don't know. We got people across the street right now, a man sitting on his knees half naked. And we need to, we need to be doing something where we can assist people. And we need to do that first because this drug thing and just people having no hope they don't know what to do, so we need to have a, have a program that allows them to put themselves in a position where they can get jobs, where they can have something to do. What do you think, Darius? How do we curb this um, violence going on in all the major cities in America right now? One of the major, major flaws of the liberal left is they refuse to accept the fact that there's evil in the world. They refuse to accept the fact that there are degenerates in this world. And you know, you think, oh, well, the only reason they robbed the store is because they couldn't get a job or they don't have a job. Bull crap. They rob stores because it's easier to rob a store than to work for something. I mean, this stuff is not Chinese algebra. It's pretty, pretty obvious. It's right in your face. People steal and rob and kill because they're evil, because they're degenerates, or because they have a drug habit most of the times. Now, do you have some, some instances where people fall by the wayside? because they don't have opportunity? Absolutely, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, you gotta address the root cause of the problem. Those issues right there that people who don't have opportunities, I guarantee you that's minuscule in the grand scheme of things. People rob people because they don't wanna freaking work. They wanna take what you work for. People kill and steal because they're evil and they're degenerates. So when you tell, when you hire DAs that tell people, oh, um, if it's your first offense, you don't have to pay bail. Or when you tell people if you steal less than $2,000, um, we'll just write you a citation, you show up to court. Or when you tell people that we're, we're trying, we're gonna crack down on the police in your area and we're gonna get rid of the police. When you tell people these kinds of things and you demonize the police officer who's supposed to be protecting them, then you create an atmosphere for all of this stuff to happen. I mean, we say, oh, it's, the answer is not police presence. Bull crap, yes it is police presence. Look at what Rudy Giuliani did in New York City in Times Square. That used to be the whole stroll. That used to be the crack market. Look at what happened when they increased police presence there. Now, New York, well I don't know about now, but <laughs> recently it became like a, a central location for tourists. So don't tell me that police presence and, and crack, police cracking down on crime is not gonna solve the issue. It will definitely 
definitely solved the issue. Okay, when you say Rudy Giuliani, we're talking about stop and frisk. Let's go ahead and, and go into that. Stop and frisk, which it affected the black community. The police were only stopping and frisking um, men of color, black and brown men. Now, I do agree that, yeah, we need, the crime needs to be shut down. But the police officers, in my personal opinion, they add to the crime. They add to the anger in the black community when they go in there and they militarize the black community. They go in there like a military and oppressing those young black men, having them face down on the ground, pulling them over for no reason, shooting and killing them for no reason, and always harassing them. And it makes the black community angry. Okay, the police are supposed to defuse the situation. They never defuse the situation. They always heighten the situation. Michael, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir, go ahead. So we all love sports. So let me ask you a question. You have a referee, right? Yes. You have somebody that said these are the rules. Mm -hmm. But then when you have somebody go outside the rules. So what do you do to mitigate what you were just talking about? You, you say you, don't, you, you want somebody to protect you, but they can't be too tough because they stop, frisk people. So how, how should we, as a society, protect each other? Well, first thing we need to do is go to um, community policing. I think that's one of the issues right now, is that when you look at the police officers, they're not from that community. You got a bunch of white guys who are, you got a bunch of white guys who are in the black community policing these black people who they know nothing about that community. I think if you want to be a police officer in that community, you should live in that community. You should be familiar with that community. You should have some sort of ties to that community. I don't think it's fair that some big corn-fed white boy from Ohio comes to Compton and he's a cop, police officer in Compton. I think that makes no sense. Why not hire a police officer, a citizen from Compton to be the police officer in the city of Compton? Well, I'll tell you why. Because of systemic racism that most of the black men who grew up in the city of Compton and grew up in Bankhead or Buckhead or Harlem or any black community in America, most of those young black men have felonies by the time they're 21. So you can't be a police officer with a felony. Why do they have felonies by the time they're 21? Because they're over police. Because the police is in their community, pulling them over, giving them tickets, planting drugs on them, planting guns on them, making sure they get those felonies. Okay, so the problem is systemic. It's not just add more police to the force, okay? And I think that's something we need to uh, have a conversation about. We need to start the conversation from the beginning. Do okay? you really think that in the patrol cars, on their person, police officers are driving around with drugs and guns on themselves? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm in my 40s now. 30 years ago when I was a teenager, I had a police officer plant drugs on me. So yes, I'm speaking from experience. Okay, I have friends of mine who've had police officers plant guns and drugs on them. I've seen this with my own two eyes. I'm not just speaking of something I've heard about. Okay, and I hear a lot of people who say, oh, the cops will never do that. But it's normally somebody who's not from that community who, yeah, in Beverly Hills, the cops won't do that to you. So that's why the people in Beverly Hills are saying, oh, the cops will never do that. But yes, there are crooked cops on the force in America. Yes, there are. Go ahead, okay, so let me, let me again, Sorry, though, what would you do, though, in Compton, because there are a whole lot of young men that live in Compton that don't have felonies. So what would you have them do? Go through a uh, ROTC program? What, what would you do to get them prepared to be police officers? Yes, I would definitely have some sort of early training program for them. I would grab them in so high school. I would grab them when they're freshmen, sophomores in high school, and put them in some sort of program, ROTC program or something like that. Yes, there needs to be some sort of community-based program to get these kids ready, those who want to go into a career or a field in law enforcement. And I also think they need to do this. 
I think they should stop just hiring just anybody to be a cop. I think that the bar needs to be higher. In the state of Texas, in order to be a police officer, you have to have an associate's degree. You have to have 60 college hours. In California, there is no bar. Anybody can just go be a police officer. So I think they need to raise the bar on hiring. Go ahead, Darius, what are your thoughts? Once again, man, we're, we're, <laughs> we're refusing to address the root cause. And we talk about cops as if they are the ones that's unleashing mayhem upon the black community. You know people who live in the ghettos and black communities, you know who they're afraid of? Who? The gang, the young gangs and the other black men in the neighborhood. They're, they're not, afraid they're of the police too. They're afraid, they're afraid of the police, but I'm gonna tell you, they're 400 times more likely to get shot by a black person than a police officer. When, 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 when kids, when I watched this documentary in Chicago, when these kids were trying to just go to school, just go to school, they weren't looking over their shoulders saying, oh, the police are coming. They were looking over their shoulders saying, this gang is coming, that gang is coming. I can't even go to school. I can't even go across the street to the store to get something for my mom because the gangs are running the tenements. They're running the projects. Guys, we gotta stop this, man, and this is why we'll never solve this problem because you wanna blame the police for what's happening. Are there bad police officers out there? Hell yeah. Are there incidents of innocent people that got killed by police? Hell yeah, but it's high. It's not even 100 times more likely to happen than it is for you to get shot by a young brother out there that's selling drugs or that's robbing and thugging. You're more likely to get killed by that person. We had an incident in Atlanta uh, last week. Cops went into this neighborhood. This guy was in a gang, got into a fight with the police officer, got the gun, shot the police officer in the leg, right? They got the guy. But they interviewed some people in the neighborhood, and they were like, I'm so glad that he got, they got this guy up out of here. Like, this gang has been controlling this area. They've been terrorizing us. And they're glad that the police came and got them out of there. Guys, the answer is not less police. The answer is more police. The answer is for us. And if you want to say, get the police out of your neighborhoods, then what you got to do is you have to have some self-policing. You have to look out for one another. You got to look out for your brother. You got to look out for the That's old lady. Like you got to, yeah, but, but it's not happening because the gangs are there. And when they know that the police officers aren't going to be there, there's no, not going to be anybody to stop the crime, then they're going to go ahead and do what they've been doing. So is it going to be a Zimmerman situation? Yeah, so you're saying that George Zimmerman be the police officer in the community? No, that's not what I'm saying. I, I, admit it. I admit it that there are bad police officers out there. There are bad people out there that are looking to commit crime. But what I'm saying is if you focus on that less than 1% and you fail to focus on the 80%, which is black-on-black -black crime, black-on-black -black homicide, you're not even addressing that issue. You're talking about the police officers. And the first thing you got to do is focus your effort on where the biggest problem is. And that's where the biggest problem is. The biggest problem is with each other. When I walk down street downtown Atlanta and I'm going to a show or something and it's at night, I'm not worried about the police officer killing me, but I am worried about some of these young black brothers out here with guns or what they're gonna try to do to me or my wife or my kids. That's who I'm worried about. I ain't worried about the KKK. I'm not worried about white nationalists. I'm gonna get, if I get murdered, if a homicide is committed, more than likely it's gonna be another black person. And that's just facts, man. It sounds bad, 
and it's a terrible thing to say and it's a terrible thing that's happening but that's the god's honest truth and if we don't deal with the truth we'll never solve this problem okay well we're going to wrap this up right now i want to thank everybody for listening to the show you've listened to another episode of a man's voice hope you tune in next week i want to say a special thank you to my panel mr ty short Darius glasgow and mr yep. eddie rubin thank you and sir we'll be back at you next week looking forward right. to it thank you thanks guys <laughs>